0: Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. Well, March 8 was International Women's Day and you will have no doubt heard a lot of special programming across the community radio network. Right across Australia, there were demonstrations and celebrations acknowledging the achievements of women activists but also recognising that the fight is not over. In the second part of today's program, I'll bring you highlights from the Melbourne IWD rally. But first up, the growing humanitarian crisis in El Ruta in Syria. Eastern Ruta, located just east of Damascus, has become the recent focus of a fierce offensive by Syrian President Bashar al-Assad's forces. In just over a week, more than 500 civilians have been killed. The rebel-held enclave, which was besieged by the government in 2013, is home to about 400,000 people. Health officials have also accused the Syrian government of using chlorine gas in their aerial bombardment campaign on eastern Huta. The UN has called the situation hell on earth. Hundreds of thousands of people have died in fighting during Syria's seven-year civil war and millions have been forced to flee the country. Right across the world, peace activists are calling for an end to the war in Syria and especially a need to receive Syrian refugees. One such activist is Mariam Salame, one of the women that has been organising rallies and marches in defence of the Syrian people.
1: Hello, my name is Mariam Salami. I'm a Syrian refugee artist who came to Australia nearly four years ago and maybe more and uh, i'm uh, studying at vca visual art and i practice seeing art painting and sculpture and my artwork addresses uh, social justice and uh, our people and uh, our people uh, that they uh, they facing all kind of violence uh, for the to get their freedom and dignity and Having, and, re, and building their uh, country and, uh, and having their uh, democratic civil state.
0: So yes. Eastern Huta has been under siege by the Syrian government since 2013. Uh, what's the political significance of the region and why the siege there?
1: The importance about Al Ghouta that is considered as a part of Damascus city, the capital city. And it's just like far, around five minutes from Abbasin Square, which is located in the middle of the capital of Damascus. And it's also so close uh, uh, to the formal Syrian channel building and other important place to the Assad regime. And the Assad regime want to make sure that the surrounded areas of the capital of Damascus Uh, to stay uh, safe and make sure that the revolutionary uh, is staying
0: away from this area. So Russia Russia and Iran agreed in 2017 to designate Eastern Ruta a de-escalation zone and Syria and Russian jets were not supposed to fly over that area. What happened to break that agreement?
1: Uh, Russia and Iran are the most important supporters of the Assad regime, as we all know. And they uh, are just like uh, liars. They always like uh, give agreements or promises, and they always uh, breaches all these agreements and the promises. And uh, to uh, know more about the Assad regime, I remember when we took to the street to demand in our freedom and dignity and to get rid of the this dictator regime, uh, the media that belong to Assad regime in Syria uh, said uh, that uh, the people took to the street to uh, call uh, to call the God to send us rains. You know, so we used to know this, that they are just liars and they always, like, give all this uh, talking and promises and they're always uh, breaches.
0: And what about other countries like Egypt and Lebanon? Where are they?
1: Uh, look, in Lebanon, uh, in Lebanon, uh, militia Hezbollah, this organisation, this uh, organisation, uh, uh, uh this organization who controlled uh, Lebanon by using the power of weapons, and they are like the Iranian arms in Lebanon, so you can feel like uh, a Lebanon country as kidnapped by them, uh, kidnapped by uh, by Hezbollah party, who uh, who helping Assad in killing our parents and our uh, kids in Syria since the beginning of the revolution. For Egypt, like Sisi, who control uh, by uh, taking the power by military coup, and who uh, repression all his uh, oppositions and keep the power for himself, just himself, and its, uh, reg- uh, its regime like is corrupted. I'm not sure if I'm using the correct word, corrupted. So it's so normal to support and help Assad regime. And uh, there are many reports that are talking about his uh, providing the Assad regime with, uh, with weapons. And I think there is a video and on uh, social media or on media uh, like using as evidence about the, weapons, the Egyptian weapons that uh, threw it on the people in Syria.
0: Well, the overwhelming majority of victims are innocent civilians, women and children, mostly. What well, can you tell me about the cost of this escalated military offensive?
1: Like until today, we have around one uh, one thousand martyrs in Eastern Al during this like bloody attack by Assad regime and Russia and Iranian militia, and uh, hundreds of. Uh, and hundreds of wounded uh, people, most of them from kids and, and women. Like just you can't imagine uh, the photos we, uh, we just uh, uh, received uh, from uh, that area. It's just like something uh, no one can stand to look at this photo.
0: And what about the hospitals and the targeting of civilian um, places?
1: Yeah, it's just like uh, the, uh, it's always as I targeted these hospital, bakeries, and schools, and uh, just like they're just focusing on the civilians and ki- and killing them. In Al I think there is now uh, no uh, hospitals like they uh, they running now. And I uh, talked with my friend Rasel Abdullah, who I don't know if. Uh, if you know him, he's a freelance uh, journalist, and' taking a lot of photos and talking about, uh, about what's going on in there. They just like have uh, some places under the ground to stay in it to just protect themselves from the bombing. And sometimes he said to me like, just like just like we could escape before five, five minutes. I can't like explain how, how is that, but just like five minutes between them and the bombing and they they were like so lucky to get into the shelter uh, and all this.
0: Yeah. Well, the huge civilian casualties means there will be mass displacement of people and the creation of a new horde of refugees. Where will the refugees go, especially in this political environment that is closing doors to refugees everywhere?
1: Just like sometimes they move from house to house, or uh, from area to area, but uh, they can't, like, go out of this area at all. It's just, like, closed. It's just, like, uh, uh, closed. No one can leave it. And even uh, Firas told me that they uh, bombed his house. I said, uh, now, where are you going to go? He said, I just, like, go to another area in eastern al too. To, uh, to, to stay in another house with my family and with his little brother. So the... That's, uh, from, uh, that's from my talking to inside Eastern al
0: The claim is that this new bombardment is about curbing the spread of terrorism and winning back lost territories to the Asadi government. Do you believe this claim?
1: Uh, sure not. Uh, what's like uh, what uh, the uh, the mafia the mafia system uh, that represented by uh, uh, by uh, Russia and Iran and Syria? They are just bombing the civilians in there and committing a gen- a real genocide there. And uh, under the excuse that they are fighting, uh, uh, that they want to uh, fight in terrorism and uh, eliminate them, we remember how Assad regime like handed uh, Palmera to uh, handed palmera to uh, to ISIS to destroy the most evidence of his brutality uh, when they destroyed Palmera prison, and uh, when the ISIS. When the ISIS like going uh, uh, travels in a desert, in desert land, which is so clear to coalition and to Assad and Russia, aeroplan uh, plan to bomb them. They even didn't make one shot on them. So how they, how, how I can believe this claim that they want to, uh, to. Uh, to eliminate eliminate, uh, the terrorism in there, why they were so clear in front of them and no one just targeted them.
0: I know this is a very big question, but it needs to be asked in this political environment. How do we end the war in Syria?
1: Uh, I really thank you so much for this question and it's really important. What we think, uh, what we think, it's like the, to uh, implement the Geneva, the statement of Geneva One. I, I don't know if you, if you hear about it, because it's uh, the statement talking about the stop all military actions that's going on in Syria, and release all our detainees, and uh, break the siege on the. BC. Seized area, and um, and uh, uh, led the uh, aid to, uh, inter, uh, to enter to that area too. What we really need, as Syrian inside Syria and outside Syria, and even in the refugee camps, and all the people who really like support support our revolution and support the rights of these people in in having in in life just to stay alive to stand all together and adopted this and uh, adopted this real important demand of us uh, that uh, that uh, in uh, the statement of Geneva 1 and just like to uh, and make like maybe a global uh, movement that we all united together as people and embarrass the, in, the international community, United Nations, the government, the Western government too, and, and all like uh, denounce what the Assad regime do, did and still doing until now from war crimes. And, and just like it, this, it will be like the first real real estate towards end the war in Syria. We have to go through this first. We have to go through this first to be on the first real and serious state to end the war in Syria.
0: And of course, once the war is over, there is the task of rebuilding Syria. What will it take to rebuild Syria?
1: That's really like, uh, difficult question uh, you know just like i try to think a lot a, a lot about, about it especially after all this destruction that happening by assad and like we have many ger- generation of kids who who lost the basic necessities of rights in education or 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 all this that like will take a long time to rebuild Syria, and and we need like a lot of to work so hard to work so hard to rebuild our country after after all uh, this destruction and genocide and massacres and all this. So it's like I feel really difficult to me to answer this question.
0: That was Mariam Salome, Syrian refugee and activist based in Australia. And on community radio stations right across Australia, you're listening to Accent of Women. March 8 is International Women's Day, and right across Australia, people protested in determined struggle for women's equality and an end to sexism. There were a wide range of women speakers throughout the week of IWD, including at rallies and marches. The next two speakers were featured at the IWD rally in Melbourne and they are Kim Bullimore, Aboriginal activist and socialist and Dita Noor, trade unionist with the International Food Workers Union and based in Indonesia. Before
2: we start, first of all, I'd like to acknowledge uh, the traditional owners of the land, uh, the Wurundjeri people, the Kulin Nation This land has never been ceded, always was, always will be Aboriginal land. As Tass said, I'm an Aboriginal activist. I'm originally uh, from North Queensland, I'm a a Murray woman, uh, but I've been down here in Melbourne for many years. And today I wanted to talk briefly about the solidarity uh, with Palestine as well as the Indigenous struggle. (laughs) Around the world, Indigenous people have had to deal, as we have here in Australia, with the issue of settler colonialism where there has been invasion, ethnic cleansing and genocide. It happened here in Australia, it happened in the US, Canada, South Africa, Palestine. It is a phenomena that has marked and been a phenomena that has marked the lives of Indigenous people around the world. For me, as an Aboriginal activist, I first got involved because of the struggle of my people because I wanted to be part of the change, because I wanted to stand up and have our voices heard. But for me, joining the struggle for Indigenous rights also led me to see that there were many struggles that we needed to stand in solidarity with around the world. For me, one of them was Palestine. I saw the similarities with Palestine and the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander struggle here in Australia. Both had experienced invasion, both had experienced ethnic cleansing, both had experienced genocide and both were fighting for their rights in an occupied land and against apartheid that was taking place. So it's really important that we stand in solidarity with each other and see each other as sisters and brothers of course and it's so great to see so many uh, men joining the struggle here and supporting women's rights as well. So I just want to briefly talk quickly, here in Australia, um, uh, as you know, uh, the struggle for Aboriginal women is uh, just as uh, important as it's significant, because not only are our women dying younger, and uh, much younger than the non-Indigenous population, our women are being of that country and making sure that they cannot live the life that they deserve to live with dignity. One of the people people may have heard of that I want to brief, briefly speak about is ha- Ahad Tamimi. Ahad Tamimi, young Palestinian girl, 16, just 17, who is in jail at the moment for standing on her own property, standing up for the rights of her family. I know Ahad personally. Her family are personal friends of mine. I know them well. I've lived in there. I've been to their house. I've slept in their house. I've eaten with them. This family has amazing courage. I knew her since she was 12. She has amazing courage. But the thing is, they are not unusual. They are not different. They are what Palestine is about. Every Palestinian family I've ever met, to my workers' side, for me...
3: the time for us to call uh, for all of our sisters to come out and uh, join us and ask them to fight for equal rights and equal power and also to end violence against women together I believe that we can make changes we can uh, make everything different because I know that more women more power and um, a, as a trade unionist, um, uh, we work, um, uh, we communicate with women and that in the workplace, women are always denied the same job as men. Not because we couldn't do it, We could not do not because we couldn't do the job, because we're not getting the same opportunity to, uh, to do the job. We are denied the same salary as men because we all work considered unskilled and we are denied the um, leadership position because they think women are only meant to work in the kitchen this, uh, today we want to call our, uh, to call for all of our sisters to end everyday sexism because we want equal rights and equal power and equal, equal treatment now right now. And it is also the time for us to stop violence against women. The violence which includes sexual harassment, sexual assault, even uh, family, uh, uh, psychologically, physically abuse, and also includes trafficking, forced labor, and also domestic violence. Because enough is enough. We have to stand up. We have to speak up, sisters, and we have to help all of our sisters to get out from their pain, from getting harassed. And uh, because I'm from the IOF uh, Asia Pacific, I would like to share with you that today all of our members in, uh, in Asia Pacific region are also celebrating the International Women's Day. Um, uh, solidarity is uh, at the international level. And then uh, today, uh, according to the IAS Asia statement, that we are celebrating by sharing uh, the wins, by sharing our wins, big and small, and by by acknowledging and honoring our sisters that uh, whose courage, whose sacrifice, and uh, whose determination to bring those uh, wins for us. And I would like to say thank you for all of you here, for being here, and because I believe that your courage, your determination, and your sacrifice will bring us to more wins in advancing advancing women's rights at the workplace and also in society. Thank you so much.
0: That was Dita Noor and Kim Bullamore, two speakers at the Melbourne IWD rally, and before them, Mariam Salome, a Syrian activist and refugee. And that's all we have time for on today's program of Accent of Women. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR, with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website. That's 3cr.org.au. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hannah and I look forward to your company again next week.